This is the Tribune Audio Network. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Sip, Survive, and Repeat. I'm Jenny. And I'm Danelle. And I'm Kenny. Whoop, whoop. Here we it's are. It's Friday. It's Friday for us, and we're very excited about mm-hmm. that. And the wine is better this time. Still not the greatest, but it's, better. It's not wonderful, but it's tolerable. Great. It's from the um, Wraith Valleys in France. It's called Le Grand Pinot Noir. <laughs> and it's been oak-aged for six months. Congratulations. And I'm sure an additional five years at the Shachi Inn down the street. <laughs> Did you just call it the Shachi Inn? No, the Shachi Inn. Shacha? The Shacha. Like, boom, Shacha. My friend used to call that. <laughs> I've never heard that before. The Shacha Inn. I know it's not, but she used to call it the Shacha Inn. <laughs> Or the stab and grab? No. Oh yeah, the stab and grab. Stab and grab, shot you in. No, okay. mm. uh, it's not bad. It's, okay. it's not bad. It has a twist. It's off. from France. Great. That's that's all we whatever. care about. It's red. <laughs> it's red. It's from France. It's cold outside. Yeah, it snowed here this morning a little mm. bit. And mm. yesterday, I looked out my window at work, and it was like a blizzard. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. For like fifteen minutes. Where was I? In your windowless office. Oh. Yeah. In your box. In my box that they put me in at work. But not like the box we posted. No. <laughs> that was terrifying. terrifying. Um, so I just have to tell everyone a funny little story. Uh, my son... D- d- uh, des- Excuse me. You might have to cut that out, Kenny. Uh, he's like, nope, I'm not. Uh, my son decided that he is he doesn't want to be four, which he is. Biologically, he's four. As of when? Mm, pretty much since he turned four, he's not into it. I know, but like, when did he turn four? Uh, oh, August 27th. So it's been a couple months. Yeah. Okay. So the other day I go, Declan, you know you're four, right? And he looked at me, he goes... How dare you? <laughs> and most kids want to be older. Yeah. Not Declan. I couldn't stop laughing. You know, whenever I tell him he's four, he says, how dare you? It was the cutest video. Like literally adorable. And he giggled really cute. Yeah, he is a giggler. <laughs> like his mom. <laughs> no, I have a very obnoxiously loud Yeah, you're not laugh. a giggler at all. No, it's open mouth for me. Um, You guys. It's an open mouth howl. Sure. Or a chortle. A ch- chortle. chortle. A chortle. <laughs> you guys, you know what I said to Jenny earlier today? You know those things you could, Kenny, you're going to die. So you know those images you could send in a text message? It's called a GIF. Yeah. I called it a GIF. The, like J-I-F? Uh-huh. I mean, technically. It's not. Technically right. Really? The guy who created it said it's pronounced GIF, but no one says it. Oh, I knew that. Whoever it is, it's it's a GIF. And Jenny looked at me. I'm like, I said, if you ever want to see really like laugh out loud at at some GIFs, and she looked at me like, what? I'm like, it's pronounced a a GIF, isn't it? She's like, yeah. But look up on your phone, Fire Marshal Bill. If anyone lived through the 90s, Kenny, you would not know who that is. In Living Color, Fire Marshal Bill, your GIFs on your phone. It's hilarious. If you're just one, if you just want a little giggle or a howl. If you watched In Living Color, but if not, just ignore this. Ignore this. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, I like it. I like it. Anyway. Any who's it. Sidebar. I was on the My Favorite Murder recent episode. Listen and look. Hold on. Hold on. I got to tell you. Thursday. It It was Thursday. November 6th. Hold on. I'm just looking up what the the episode is. Fuck. That's not the episode. (laughs) I'm sorry. 
My phone is doing weird things. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Oh, my God. But it is the one that came out on Thursday, right? Yeah. It's episode 195, live at My Favorite Weekend in Santa Barbara. At the very end, you'll hear yours truly telling her hometown on stage. It's amazing. I have not listened to that episode yet, but it's ready to go in my car. Ready to roll. Uh Uh-huh. So, anywho, if you want to hear that and then tell all your murderino friends to listen to Sip, Survive, Repeat, that'd be great. That would be phenomenal. We would love it. Please and thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about survival. Okay. Do you want to go first? Do you want to go first? I don't care. No, I went first last week. You can go. Yeah, go ahead. Do it. Are you sure? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. That way I can peruse for a minute. <laughs> so you're basically just not going to listen to my No, story. I will. All right. Um, oh, God. I got one of these phones with a face ID. I don't know how to work it. Just put it up to your face. <laughs> That's all you have to do. It's <laughs> look pretty. Listen, put it up to your face. That's what you do. Okay. Uh, I got this from one of my favorite shows. Uh, I'm wearing my coat. So if you hear any scrunching around, it's my coat, my winter coat. Uh, I watch one of my favorite shows in an instant. 2020 Mm. in an instant um and it is like a hostage bank robbery like crazy story i love a hostage situation story not real like we don't like situations yeah okay so uh the story takes place in ontario ohio what (laughs) i didn't know there There was such a place yeah did you know there is a Paris, Ohio? I did. And okay. a London. And a London, Ohio? Mm-hmm. Fun mm. facts. You guys, we're like international. We're like pit bull up in here. <laughs> international. Oh, mm, mm, okay. okay. Uh, so we are, put yourself in mid-Ohio, like central Ohio. Gorgeous. Got it. Um, and there was a, a, there's bank, I don't know if it's, I don't know if you guys have it all over the country, but it's Key Bank, which is a pretty big bank in these parts. They're of... in lots of states. Okay, great. Um, so Key Bank uh, is headquartered here in beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, where we are from. Um, and our our main character of the story, Brian McConnell, to make sure I'm saying that right, uh, he was the branch manager at the Ontario, Ohio location mm-hmm. of the Key Bank. So he really, he liked his job, and uh, the beginning of this story starts with uh, his meet-cute with his wife. Excuse me? A meet-cute. You don't know what a meet-cute is? No. No, no idea. Oh, my God. What's that? The meet-cute is where the two, like, stars in a movie or whatever meet, like, their adorable, like, first meeting. It's called a meet-cute. It's used for, it's used in movies all the time. <laughs> I've never heard that before in my life. Yeah, it's called a meet cute. You act like that's normal everyday talk though. It is. So meet cute. So like in like a romantic comedy, like the first time they meet. Yeah, it's called a meet cute. Meet cute. Okay. And are you using it for real life right now? Yes. Okay. This is a real life meet cute. Okay. Got it. Okay. Can you guys tell me if I'm crazy? I feel like people know about this. I call it a first meeting. Shh. First date. I call it love at first sight. No, it's a meet but, cute. Okay. Now, gotcha. It's their meet cute. Okay. I thought you said meet cube. I did first. too. <laughs> Kenny. I thought maybe he was like, she it's was like, like the Schwan man it's and was like, dropping off It's meats. like meatballs. Or like a charcuterie board. No, no, no. It's like meatballs, oh, right but now. cubes. Okay. Meat cubes. Okay. <laughs> no, meat cute. Cute. Like you cute. You we cute. Met. We meetin'. <laughs> we meetin'. You cute. Got it. Okay. Learn something new. Uh, so his 
meet cute was with hold on i have to look at my notes katie so he met her she was working at a restaurant Uh, my memory is not working very well it's been a long week um like a local business somewhere yeah and he uh he would always come in i think it was a restaurant she was a waitress and he would always come in and ask her if she thought about uh joining mobile banking (laughs) That was his pickup What year line. was this, do you think? I don't know. That's really cute. I feel like maybe the early 2000s or I don't know. But it was just like, can you imagine like some guy's trying to pick you up and he's like, hey, have you thought any more about that mobile banking? <laughs> yeah, I have. Can you go over the details with me, please? <laughs> it's the new and secure way to bank. Yeah. You have to say it Now get sexy, me a Pepsi. <laughs> you please. know what I love with my mobile banking? A side of your D. <laughs> D's chips. Yes. Oh. So um, I like how I just said that. Now I'm bright red. Uh, I blush easily. Now, uh, so after this mobile banking conversation, they started dating because naturally, Abby. I'm like, let me take my bra off now after this. <laughs> you mobile got banking you. You combo. got me all hot and bothered with mobile banking. <laughs> so Katie and Brian, um, they start dating, and then they get married, and they have two kids. So they have a four year old. And there's a lot going on outside right now. Can Things you hear are happening. It? Okay, great. Uh, they get married. They have two kids. They have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So the four-year-old's a little boy and the two-year-old's a little girl. I don't remember their names. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Sorry, kids. Sorry, kids. You're not a part of the story. <laughs> uh, I think the boy's name is Liam. But since I can't remember the little girl's name, I'm just gonna, not going to say it either. Um, so, uh, oh, oh. Oh, wow. Oh, it's, it's trash a, time. It's a garbage truck. Good thing I parked in front of the garbage cans across the street. <laughs> They're going to damage like your car dick. now. Okay, so um, Brian was very busy at work all the time, and he had a lot of responsibilities because he was the branch manager. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, he's out there, like, hawking the mobile banking. Clearly, so, he has an agenda. Right. An agenda I can get behind. <laughs> so they are... Uh, he goes to the bank pretty early a lot of days because he's the one who has to open the vault and they have a, uh, it's a timed vault. Mm -hmm. So what that means is he puts in his code, one of the other tellers puts in their code, and then it takes 15 minutes before the actual vault will pop open. Okay. So it's timed, meaning like most bank robbers who come are not going to wait the 15 minutes. No. They want to get in and get out. But that's like in the morning, that's where they keep all the cash drawers in like this one big vault. So I'm taking notes. Okay. So, so you can I, rob a bank. So I can rob a bank and know what to do. Shit. Um, all right. So one day he's at work and um, he had gone in really early. And then he also had, he was like really big into like town hall meetings. So he, he knew he was going to go later that day to a town hall meeting. Who is this man? I mean. Very sophisticated, this very, banker. He's okay. A, he's a sophisticat of he, Ontario, Ohio. He really is. Okay. So he is, or as I called it earlier, a sophisticated miss. Have you ever heard of that brand of clothing? No. Sophisticated <laughs> miss? Yeah. <laughs> Meaning like they miss the opportunity of sophistication? Or no, I think it means you're like, like miss. You're like, like a little M-I-S-S. messy. Yeah, you're like a little messy. Maybe I have seen that brand before. <laughs> Is it anyway, Kohl's? I don't know. TDM, I don't know. I don't know. I've heard of it before. Anyway. Sorry. I'll quit interrupting you. <laughs> Sidebar. Sidebar. All right, so... Uh, Katie is home with the kids because she, after she got married, she was a stay-at-home mom. So she was momming it up. Uh, They went out and they did some stuff in the morning. They came back around lunchtime. Uh, She, when she got there, she pulled into the garage like she normally did. When she tried to go in the garage, like the door into the house from the garage, it was locked. Hmm. And she was like, 
what the fuck? Yeah. So she goes around to the front of the house and gets the hidden key and she enters the house through the front door and then she comes and gets the kids who had fallen asleep in the car and she was carrying them upstairs when all of the sudden someone comes out of her son's closet. Yeah. Yeah. He has on a fedora. A band. Talk about sophistication. (laughs) Ooh, this is a sophisticated robbery. A fedora. A fedora. A bandana over his face. You can only see his eyes. So it's like fedora, mm-hmm. eyes, bandana, and then all black gloves and a gun. Terrifying. Okay. Right. So she kind of starts freaking out, but then she realizes her kids are right there, so she doesn't want to freak them out. Right. So she turns around and says, oh, this is just a fun game we're playing. There's going to be a prize at the end. I'm like, oh, no. What's the prize? <laughs> Shit. So um, the guy takes them downstairs, and he's not saying anything. He is not speaking, which I think is extra creepy. Super creepy, yeah. So they get downstairs, and he hands her a stack of note cards with written, like, messages on them. Pre-written messages. Okay. I can't remember verbatim what they said, but it was basically, we're here to rob your husband's bank. Uh, We have to wait for him so that he can take us there and punch in the code. And she's thinking, well, shit. He's at work all day, and then he has that damn meeting. Town hall meeting. The town hall meeting, everyone. He's going to have to skip it tonight. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what's going on at home. So the this intruder comes at 2 p.m., which okay. I'm like, that's aggressively early. Yes. How about like 4? Yeah. I mean, you know, make the bank it closer to at 5. I mean, really. So he gets there at 2 p.m., and they're just like sitting around the house with a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old. And I'm like, no. Nah. Nah. That w- and you can only put them off for so long. A right. two and a four-year-old, I mean. Right. I feel like my kid would be like, fuck off. Except for he doesn't know that word. But he would be like, how dare you? That's <laughs> what he would say. Um, so eventually, like, it's time for dinner. So she's she's trying to get him to, like, eat or drink something because she's trying to, like, sneaky get his DNA. Mm. Oh. So she's um, she she gives him a glass of water. He drinks it. But then he immediately washes it. Oh. And she's like, um, he then writes a note on his little pad of paper that he had. Cause he also had a pad of paper with a, like a marker. And he said, are you expecting anyone? And she says, yes, I'm expecting a babysitter. I was supposed to go out with my mom tonight. So he writes on the pad of paper, call and cancel. Mm. And she says, I can't call. I never call the babysitter. I always text her. So I have to text her or it's going to look weird. So he's like, fine, but on a piece of paper. Right. <laughs> No expression. No expression, just fine on a fine. piece of paper. And so she um, she texts her babysitter and says, hey, sorry to do this last minute, but I'm sick. I can't, I don't need a babysitter tonight. She didn't like say anything about that she was being held hostage at her home. Okay. But whatever. I think it's probably a teenager, which is why she probably didn't want to be like, hey, rescue me. And she wouldn't have caught on anyway. Yeah. Like, and he was watching her. It yeah. wasn't like he just gave her the phone and walked away. Right. Um, so after that, um, then he's like, well, who were, or were you going out with someone who was expecting you? And she said, yes, it was my mother. So he's like, okay, call your mom now and tell her you can't go. So she calls her mom and she says she can't go. And she is like really scared. And she keeps thinking like, this might be the last time I talk to my mom. Oh, yeah. So she is like, bye, mom. I love you. But, like, her mom doesn't pick up on anything either. 
So here's my thought is like, I want to come up with a code word. Yes. Um, yes. Or a code phrase that I can say to people on the phone so that they know. You're in trouble. That I'm in trouble. Mm, that's a good idea. So I was thinking my my idea was, I hope there's no killers or um, hostage takers on listening to this episode. But I was thinking, um, hey, I'll see you at that spaghetti dinner on Thursday. Huh? So if I say that to either of you, I'm in trouble. Okay. Okay. Got it. Vice versa. You're going to say spaghetti dinner? Maybe. I don't know. I need to think about that for a minute. Ponder it. I don't know if, that, I don't know if that'll roll naturally off my tongue, hmm. but yeah. Okay. That's a great idea, though. Hey, okay. Keep keep thinking about it. Come up with it. Talk to your spouse. I'm going to mess up and be like, I want others. spaghetti or something <laughs> stupid. Like, I'll be like, who cares, Janelle? <laughs> then go make some, bitch. <laughs> God. So, um, so anyway, so she calls her mom, thinks it's the last time she's going to talk to her. Then she's like, Hmm, maybe she's knew when she came in the house that she smelled smoke uh-huh. and she was like, Oh, he's a smoker. So his cigarette butts are somewhere with his DNA on it. So she's like, she used to be a smoker. Oh, so she's like, Hey, I'm dying for a cigarette. Can we go outside for a minute and just smoke real quick? And he's like, Ugh. so they go outside. I saw, no one saw that. It was an eye roll and a deep breath out. <laughs> um, so he takes her outside. They both smoke cigarettes um, she's trying to make small talk. She's like trying to break through to yeah. this guy. Like I'm a human. Talk to me. Right. Um, but he's not. He's not giving in. She, she's only writing on cards. Right. So stuff. she she finally at one point goes, God, you gave me your last cigarette. This is all you brought. What kind of bad guy are you? And he kind of laughed. Oh, okay. So she was like, Okay, we're starting to get through. She's like, I got you. Yes. So her husband calls to be like, I'm going to the town hall meeting and I'll see you right after. And she's like, oh, okay. Um, hey, can you pick me up a pack of cigarettes on the way home? But she had quit smoking like five years before. So he was like, huh? So she was trying to be like, something yes. is wrong. Yes. And he wasn't picking up what she was putting down. And I was like, come on, dude. If anything, he was probably mad or annoyed. Like, no, he oh, was. He's like, she's smoking again? <laughs> so he goes, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> like, like a dick. <laughs> and she's like, oh, okay, I'll see you later tonight. <laughs> While she's here with this like guy. So um, anyway, so she keeps standing there, hanging out with the kids. He finally lets uh, her put on a movie for the kids because mm-hmm. they've just been sitting around all yeah. day for hours. So um, she said it was real weird though because he sat like on the window seat behind where they were. They were like sitting on the couch and he sat behind them on the window seat Mm-mm. with his gun and just like watched the movie with them. Well, he was probably bored too. I would think so. But like, like it does how creepy. Me. Yeah, how creepy. Yeah. What did they watch? Mm, it didn't say. Damn. It didn't Curious say. now. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Probably something light. Lighthearted and appropriate for children's two to four years of age. And long. So she Hopefully. could keep them entertained for more than an hour. Yeah. Although kids' movies are generally not long. Anywho. Um, then her husband calls and he's like, I'm coming home. So he gets home and he comes in the garage and he's, his son comes running over and says, Daddy, there's a man here. <laughs> he's like, not only is my wife smoking. She's cheating she's on me. She's cheating on me with a man in the house. So he uh, comes in and he immediately is greeted with this guy. The fedora. Yeah, fedora, bandana, gun guy. Uh, so he hands him the note cards, the pre-written note cards about this robbery thing that he wants to do. And um, he basically tells, he's like, 
lets me and you like sit down and discuss this and let's let my my wife and my kids go upstairs because it's like past their bedtime so uh katie and the kids go upstairs and um but of course before they go up the four-year-old has a full-blown temper tantrum because he said mommy said we could sleep on the couch tonight oh god you told me we could have a camp out in the living room oh god and she's like now is not the time (laughs) <laughs> things have changed boy get upstairs so she's like i'll have a secret sleepover in your room now we have to go so they go upstairs and, and the guy um he's like i'm watching you but like with his eyes yeah okay so they sit down and brian is trying to have a conversation with this guy who will only write things on a note so finally brian's just like can we just just cut the crap like just i need you to talk to me so he finally, he finally agreed. Okay. Okay. So now he starts talking, which is like, thank God. Also great for me because I was driving and I couldn't keep reading the fucking notes while I was driving my car. <laughs> um, okay. So he basically says that it's him and he has accomplices. Mm-hmm. And the accomplices are at other people's houses that work for the bank. Oh. So like there were three people um that he that their the accomplices were sitting outside their houses and he didn't know two of them he's like i don't know who those people are but then the third one he knew and it was like a bank teller that like he knew really well and actually had like a good relationship with okay so he was like shit because this woman also had a family and like little little kids like three like three under three or some shit like that Hmm. so he's like so basically what we want you to do is you're gonna go to the bank you're going to take these three people that we named hostage you're going to tie them up and then you're going to take the money out and give it to us and he's like what why do why, why do i have to take these people that i work with hostage like what is that i don't and do they know about it ahead of time no they don't know anything so okay. then he's like i think what they're trying to do is make it look like brian yeah is stealing money but really, it's this other group of people that have, like, planned this elaborate bullshit plan that is stupid anyway. When, is, when essentially Brian could just open the vault and let them steal everything. Well, almost. So the vault needs two codes to get into it. Mm. So Brian has to put in his code. And then one of the tellers, the one that they are watching that he knows, puts in the other code. Okay. So they have to put in two codes in order to trigger that timer. Okay. So Brian only knows the one code. So they do need the other person. So, but Brian keeps trying really hard to like not involve the other people at the bank. So he's like, here, I'm just, I'm going to tell you my plan. My plan is we, we go to the bank. I'll get the other number. I'll, I'll open the vault before anyone even gets there. I'll take all the money out and then we'll leave before the bank even opens. Like, yeah, done and done. We don't need to involve all these other people. So the guy that's holding them hostage, he is texting his little, like, accomplice person, Mm -hmm. who I guess is, like, the person in charge. And the person in charge is like, no, stick to the plan. And I'm like, come on. Your plan is dumb. Your plan is so dumb. So dumb. So dumb. And what if she doesn't agree to it and give up her number for some silly reason? And he said, what if someone panics? Yeah. And, like, freaks out and pushes, like, they have alarm buttons. Yeah. Um, And the guy holding the hostage said... Uh, we'll kill your family. <gasps> yeah. 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 Oh. So um, at this point, Katie comes downstairs from putting the kids to bed and is like, I can't stay up there. And then she at this point tells him, Brian, her husband, Brian, he's been here since two. 
Brian had no idea he had been there that long. He didn't know that she had spent the entire afternoon with this with psycho. This crazy path. Right. Yeah. Crazy path? Crazy psychopath. <laughs> so she's, okay, so she's, she comes downstairs. Uh, they keep going over the plan that, like, Brian's trying to, like, say, no, do this plan, do this plan. Finally, at 4 a.m., the I'm hostage. I'm tired. I, I want to go to bed. The hostage taker is finally, like, fine, get the other code. So he, he he calls the other teller, and she's again has no idea any of this is going on. They're just watching her house. They're not like in her house. No, or anything like they're that. just watching her. So he's calling her. It's four a.m. So of course she's not answering mm-hmm. because uh, it's too early to call people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he calls like two times, and she doesn't answer. And he's thinking, shit, like this isn't going to work if I don't have the other codes. So he calls a third time, and he's like, please answer, please answer. Finally, she answers the phone. And Brian is all cool, calm, and collected. And he's like, this is not a joke. There is a man at my house with a gun. He's holding my family hostage. He wants me to get the money out of the vault. I need your code in order to do that. Please give me your code. And she was like, what? Come again? I'd be like, can I wake up and have some coffee first before we have this conversation? <laughs> so she she agrees. And she gives him the code. Okay. So... um. Then the guy in the house, the hostage taker, says, okay, go to the bank. Like, let's do this thing. So Brian gets in his car, and he starts driving to the bank. He's, like, halfway there, and he gets a phone call from the crazy hostage taker. And he's like, turn around and come back. And he's like, why? I'm, like, halfway there. What are you talking about? And um, he says, my boss or whatever, like, the guy who's in charge of this whole heist was, like, says, no, we have to stick to the plan. No. Oh, my God. Stop it with the plan. So they could have had their money before hours, been in and out. Right. So Brian's basically like, uh, no. Um, but he, he, he's scared for his wife and his yeah. kids. So he comes back and then he like explains again how no one's going to be there and that he can just get in and out and it'll be easier this way. And he should just let him do it. His, this boss guy doesn't need to know. So he says, fine. So again, he drives to the bank. He gets there. He goes inside. He does the codes because then he has to wait 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So he does the codes. He's waiting his 15 minutes. He gets um, pieces of paper and a dry erase board, and he writes, I'm being forced to do this against my will. My family's being held hostage. And he starts holding them up to all the security cameras. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Love it. Um, Then he gets a phone call. Oh, no. The hostage taker's like, why'd you park in that spot? And he's like, what do you mean, why did I park in that? It was the closest one to the door. He's like, that's not where you usually park. People are going to think it's suspicious. And he's like, wait. And so he realizes the people that were watching the other employees are now there somewhere watching yes. him. And can oh, see God. him. And he's like, oh, shit, did they see me holding the signs up? Yeah. Like, he's terrified. But he's like, no, it'll be fine. He's like, I- I'll go move my car right now. So he went outside and moved his car. Then he came back, and the vault had opened. So he goes in the vault, and he's thinking, do I give him just the like traceable money because they the vaults all have like a thing of traceable money mm-hmm. or do I just give them everything and he's like well I don't know how much they know I don't know if they know how much money's in this vault right or if I can just give them the traceable he's like forget it I'm just giving them everything pulls out all the money how much do you think was in there I don't know hundred and some thousand okay so I don't think like millions but yeah. a couple hundred That's thousand a lot of money still yeah so he, um, he puts it in a bag, he gets in his car, but while he was in the bank, uh, his one teller that was supposed to open that day got to the bank early. No. Overachiever. 
God, stop waking up early. So she saw his car there and thought, oh, I didn't know Brian was going to be here this morning. Then she saw him leave and like she figured, oh, he'll be back soon. And he never came back. Mm. And so she was like super confused. And the whole way back, he's on speakerphone with hostage taker McGee, fedora mm-hmm. guy. And he's like, who was that in the parking lot? Who was there? And he goes, no one was in the bank. No one was in the bank. And he's like, I saw, someone saw a car and they saw you. And he's like, I didn't see anyone. I swear, like no one was there. But this teller was there and saw. Um, anyway, so he gets home and he, uh, when he gets back to the house, uh, the hostage taker tells uh, Katie and the kids to go into the basement and wait. Okay. Then he wants uh, Brian and him to take the money out of Brian's bag and put it into a different bag. Okay. Lots of extra steps. <sighs> Too many steps, These people like a complicated plan. So as they're doing it, um, Brian keeps trying to throw the stacks of hundreds a little bit farther. So he has to like reach to grab them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. And so he has to set his gun down. Okay. For the first time during this whole thing, that gun is about six inches away from hostage taker. It's like the the farthest it's ever been, he said, was like two inches from his leg. So he decides to go for it. Oh, God. Brian leaps over the bag, grabs the gun, points it at the hostage taker, (gasps) and is like, I will shoot you. Get out of my house now. And the hostage taker's like, totally flips the script he's like so scared he's terrified he's like he's he's like don't shoot me don't shoot me don't shoot me he's like i'm a fedora seller that's all i know (laughs) someone paid me to do this and bandanas um he's like my boss like i'm hired like i this isn't me and da 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 um so he's basically um he he's terrified um and brian's like put your bandana back on your face i don't want to see your face anymore i was like Brian. Get it. I want to see what this Brian looks like. Tell me more about mobile banking. (laughs) Let's talk about it. What's your password? (laughs) So he, um, the guy puts his little face mask back on. He, uh, he starts walking towards the door. He's like, okay, like like my boss is going to pick me up. I gotta, he's like, you gotta give me the gun back. And Brian's like, no. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a loaded gun. You weirdo. So he's like, call your boss and tell him to come. So he called, like, the guy calls the boss and is like, come pick me up. I have the money. And Brian's just holding him at gunpoint, waiting. And the car pulls up. Brian's still, like, gangster style. Side Do you think gun. it was the side like that? I bet it was. And then um, <laughs> the guy is begging him. He's like, you don't understand. If I don't come back with this money and the gun, I'm going to get killed. And then they're going to come and kill your family. Like, you have to give me the gun. I have to go back with everything I came with. And he, and Brian finally said, fine. So he empties the clip. Mm. Then gives him the empty clip. I don't know how guns work. Um, and the gun. And he said, and he puts it in the bottom of the bag under all the money. Okay. So hostage taker takes off, goes outside, gets in the guy's car. Brian immediately calls the police and says, you know, I was just being held hostage and my family was held hostage. They robbed my bank, and now they're in this, whatever, Ford Taurus, blah, 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 blah. So they, um, the police show up at the house, and they take them back to the station, Katie and Brian, and they start questioning them, and they separated them into different rooms to get, like, both yeah. stories, and they're thinking, okay, like, good, they're going to get this guy. Well, then they're like, 
we need you both to take a polygraph test. Oh, no. Because they think they're involved. Oh, Brian. No, mm. he goes to town hall meetings. He goes to town hall meetings and he talks about mobile banking. Right. Totally upstanding and he's his wife for smoking. Like, yes. So they both take lie detectors. Did he ever bring back the cigarettes? I feel like he did it. No, he did not bring her cigarettes. Mm. Didn't even bring those back. No, but she didn't really smoke. She was trying to, like, get his attention. Still, she asked Still. for him. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you she had a couple smokes after this. Probably. I would. So uh, she and him took the lie detector test, and they passed. So good for them. And they had nothing to yeah, do with it. But what if you fail? Because sometimes you just, like, are so nervous. And I know, but they can't use it in court. I know. But still. So, um, and then they figure out uh, be- there was somebody that worked worked at the bank or went to school with the guy. Anyway, there was a young man that somebody said, I know who did this. Like came out of the community and said, I know who did this. Yeah. So they come in and they say, his name is Chris Hill. And Brian is like, what? Because this is some kid. They keep calling him a kid, but he was like, looked like he was in his late teens, early 20s maybe. Okay. And he, he never had his ID with him. He always carried around a passport, which they thought was odd. Okay. But he was, he banked at the key bank. He talked to Brian. Brian, did he do Brian knew banking? his names. Did he do mobile banking? Probably not, because he was, mm. seems kind of like a dick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if he was just a member there or a, a customer there because he was casing the place yeah. or because he just thought it would be an easy mark. I right. don't know. Um, so he was the mastermind. Okay. Then uh, once they found him, they figured out who his accomplice was who held the McConnell's hostage. His name was Taylor or Tyler. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're bad people. Um, so they're like tailing them and trying to like figure out what they're doing. Well then about, I think it was two weeks after, um, all this went down, a woman named Sarah walks into the police station with a bag, puts it on the counter in front of a detective and says, here's the stolen money from key bank. See you later. And starts to walk out. What? (laughs) (laughs) Who are these people? (laughs) And so the the detective goes, um, ma'am, can I ask you some questions? We're going to need you to stop right there and come back. So Sarah originally says that uh, she's dating Chris Hill, and mm-hmm. she found out about all this after the fact, so she's just returning the money. Because here's mm. the thing. She is a parole officer in the next county. So she is like a police officer. I don't know if parole officers are real police officers. You yeah, guys can let sure. us know. But she's a parole officer uh, from the county over, and um, so she was just trying to do the right thing. Well, then it comes to fruition that she was actually using her position to search databases to figure out who would be the person they would need to uh, take to the bank in order to get the to, codes. To the codes. Um, so she was yeah, using her position to figure that out. Yeah, because you wouldn't know that unless you worked there or knew someone that worked there. Right. I mean. Right. So she figured out who it was, where he lived, mm-hmm. so that these people could have, and found out where the other people lived that they were keeping an eye on. Sarah. Sarah, you stupid bitch. Sneaky snake. So um, so it turns out that Sarah was more involved than she originally said. Chris Hill was the mastermind, and then this Taylor Tyler guy um, was the one who actually held them hostage. So uh, they went to trial, and um, Taylor Tyler, I'm calling him Taylor Tyler now, uh, he got 37 and a half years. Wow. Damn. Uh, Chris Hill, who was the mastermind, got 25. What? Well, because he wasn't holding a gun or doing any of the stuff. He just told people what to do. It's kind of like the, the I, Charles Manson I know, thing. but that's... Agreed. But no one got killed. Let's be happy about that. And then Sarah got two and a half years for her involvement. Hmm. 
which I'm kind of like, eh. She should at least got 10. Yeah. So um, they all got punished. But the, the hard part was a lot of people in the town still thought that the McConnells were really? involved in it. And there was a lot of like talk on social yeah. media. And it's probably a small town. So mm-hmm. people, and, like, everyone knows everyone. The police officer and like uh, Brian's friends were like, don't go on social media and read this crap. Like it's just going to hurt your feelings and make you feel terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he did. And it just, it really tore him apart. And then um, so bad that him and Katie ended up getting divorced. Aww. But they're both like, they both in the in the documentary kind of said, I hope that Brian and I hope Katie, I hope they're happy. I hope whatever they do, they're happy. And they said for both of them, their priority is the kids and that's what they're going to focus on. Do you think they still live in the town? I don't know, but I will say Brian is no longer a bank manager at a branch, a branch okay. manager at a bank. Um, he went into financial advising uh, because there is uh, no money for people to steal. Yeah. When you're just in an office telling people what to do with their money. Uh huh. So yeah, so he's a financial advisor now and he said he feels a lot more secure that something like this will never happen again to him. So wow, that's crazy. Instead of a bank robbery, this turned into a real crazy plan that I that's, feel like someone who's insane or drunk might have, might have come up yeah, with. Yeah, because it doesn't quite make sense. Mm-mm. The, you know... The, the patterns that they wanted them to follow. To yeah. And that they were watching these it. other houses so that they could like want to bust in. I mean, in it sounds and... like a 22 year old kid made the plan. Exactly. Yeah. Like what happened. So yeah, that's crazy. So anyway, so that is a survival story of the McConnells and um, Brian, Katie and their two kids are still alive and kicking and unfortunately divorced, but still, but they're still alive and kicking. So still doing their thing. And our code word is, Hey, you... are you going to that spaghetti dinner on Thursday night? Okay. Kenny. So, so if I say that, that, if I say that shit to you, you have to come rescue me. I feel like I'll be like, oh, I didn't get the invite and I'll just be like, and then you'll be like, Bitch. I'll be hurt that I didn't get invited yeah. and hang up on Jenny and be like, oh, she, didn't me. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't invite me to the spaghetti dinner. Damn it. Yeah. No, like I'll, a year from now, me. you're going to forget and be yeah. like spaghetti dinner. What? I'll just, what is she talking about? I'll just remind you guys on a regular basis. Okay. Okay. Code word. Code Spaghetti word. dinner. Spaghetti motherfucking dinner. Great. That's good to have. That's a great idea to have a code word with your spouse and your friends and yes. your parents. Yes. Are you going to tell your mom and dad? Yeah. I'm going to tell everyone. Mrs. Steinbauer. Know this. Also, I'm going to tell Kenny's mom. We Mrs. just told Steinbauer. her. Mrs. Steinbauer, if you're listening, which you are. Does Janet listen? No. Mm, I think she might occasionally, but I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, you guys, stay safe. And go to spaghetti dinners. Real (laughs) ones. Not code words. Okay. That was great, Jenny. Hey, thanks, man. Wow. Okay. Um, My story is of a gal named Kelly uh, Huron. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. I liked it. But she's a badass and I got a lot of this information from a podcast called how I survived oh which is a really nice little ditty out there if you're interested mm-hmm. and also um women's running.com oh you'll see why in a minute so um <laughs> what if it has nothing to do with running it has nothing to do with running um so it was a gloomy Sunday afternoon in the Pacific Northwest mm-hmm. so like Seattle area but not like downtown Seattle when 38 year old Kelly she ventured out for one of her normal runs and she had been training for an upcoming marathon. I think in the marathon was going to be in like three weeks or something. Like, mm-hmm. so she was at kind of the end of her training and, um, she decided that she was going to do the beach route today. Uh, 
whatever that means but um i'm guessing she was running near the beach she was running on the beach but she had her like favorite routes or whatever and it was kind of a gloomy day so she was like well there won't be a lot of people out on the beach so i'm gonna run sure that way today Mm -hmm. so three weeks prior though kelly's employer had offered um free self-defense classes Mm. which i think we should do uh why don't you ask kenny about how kim's self-defense classes went how did kim's self-defense classes go kenny well yesterday (laughs) she's like let me test some moves on you when did she take self-defense classes she took one class okay at school on tuesday oh and she was impressed with herself. She thought like she could get out of She's anything. She's kind of a badass now, yeah. And like the very first thing she tried, like I, she couldn't get me off of her. So it was, oh, she Kim. got she got out of like if you hold her wrist, she can get out of that. Mm-hmm. But like if someone's on top of her, she's kind of stuck. It seems. But I feel she, like it'll startle them. It'll startle them, and yeah. they won't expect it. And Kim's very little. I was gonna say, I feel like if somebody tried to get me. I feel like I weigh about the same as a lot of men, so I I'm can just really. I'm gonna fucking crush you. Let's I'm just say that, like, and just get them off. Plus, your adren- adrenaline's going, mm-hmm. and you're a lot stronger than you think you are. Yeah, I bet if it was like, wasn't me, and she was actually being attacked, she might be. I mean, she would. She could. It was close to moving me, but. She... <laughs> All right, we'll, well take self-defense class. I think we fine. should. Okay, so um, let's see. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Okay, so. It's something that she'd always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And she said it was kind of weird because ever since she started running, she always would think to herself, like, okay, I'm on this trail alone. Like, what if someone attacks me? Or what if an animal comes at me? Like, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm already tired because I've been running for four miles. Like, would I be too exhausted? Oh, so it's so they, many miles. It's so many miles. Oh. And I get her logic. Like, when I trained for that half marathon that one time, I would think the same thing. <laughs> Because I'd be in the Metro Parks for like two hours and I would think like, you've got your headphones on. Like, what if someone comes up on you and they grab you? Like, what are you going to do? Like, those things go through your head. Mm -hmm. So she had thought about this for a long time. So she took the opportunity to take the self-defense class and um, she loved it and she was thankful she did because three weeks after she took the self-defense class, it ended up saving her life. And here's what happened. Cut back to the beach. Yes, we're on the beach. Action. So she's running, and she's four miles in at this point. And she stopped at one of those creepy, like, public restrooms that are, you know, on beaches or in parks Uh or whatever. And she'd actually stopped there previously because this is not the first time she's run this path. And, um, you know, during her run before she went into the restroom, she noticed, like, an older lady walking her dogs. There were some people around, but it was pretty, like, desolate. Like, there weren't a lot of people there. And so she goes into the restroom, does her business, and she's washing her hands and she feels like this cold chill up her back no like no one touched her nothing happened but she knew she said her instinct something was very very wrong so she looked in the mirror like as she was washing her hands looked up in the mirror and there was a man standing behind her with a black hoodie on no thanks and um he said nothing he just stood there and stared at her. Everyone needs to start talking more. <laughs> I know. I kind of laughed during yours because he, during this whole thing, he didn't say anything. God damn it. So she froze and thought for a minute, as most women do, I think we're kind of trained to think this way. Like, oh my God, did I do something wrong? Like, am I in the men's restroom? Right. Like, did I go in the wrong bathroom? Or like, and she said, she almost said to him like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, and then she was like, put two and two together. And she's like, this motherfucker is about to attack me. And he came up behind her and like bear hug style her um, and threw her to the ground on her stomach. 
Oh, on the bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so in an interview, she later recounted that her, like her thought process during this. And she said, quote, the moment I realized I was being assaulted and what was happening was real. I screamed at my attacker. Not today, motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> Out loud. She said Out that. loud. Yes. yes. She said she had never been so pissed off in her entire life. And there was no room for fear in that moment when mm-hmm. it first happened. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, she was trying to make him realize that he messed with the wrong girl and that um, he is the one that who should be afraid of her and she was going to fight to the death. So she was trying to scare him, essentially. And she was also thinking, like, there's no way I'm going to let this guy rape me and she was willing to die to stop that from happening. Damn. So she fought like hell to get away from him and she clawed his face. She was throwing punches. She was doing all the moves that they taught her in, um, self-defense. And she mentions in the, um, podcast interview that they tell you like hard fist, soft surface, like an eye, like go for an eye socket or go for like, you know, a, under your cheekbone or your throat or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she was trying to do all of those things. And, um, she said the creepiest part through all this is he said nothing. Like I said earlier, like may no like, vocal gesture like she was hurting him or anything like he was just silent and she said oh shit what did I do um she said he was wearing a poofy coat so he must have had like a hoodie on with a very like winter like a big poofy winter coat over it similar to what I'm wearing now similar to what you're wearing now (laughs) so she's when she was punching him she said she felt like the coat was so poofy that he couldn't feel it so it was very like um disheartening like while she was she's like I'm not even hurting this asshole like it's this isn't even working and um, she was starting to lose faith in her hitting skills. And um, she said that uh, at one point she managed to get a really good punch in and he did make a slight like wincing sound. So that kind of got her adrenaline going. Oh, She's yeah, like, yeah. okay, this is working. Okay, good. So um, she finally made the move and she noticed. So they're on the ground wrestling and, and something happened where one of her hands came free. And she noticed that the bathroom stall was like close to her with the little opening underneath it. So it's like what, six inches, 12, probably 12 inches of 12 an opening. Inches, yeah. And she managed to army crawl her way and get away from him and, and crawl underneath the bathroom, like the little stall part. And um, when she got in there, she said another thing she learned in her self-defense class was listen to your instincts first. Like don't even think twice. So there was a little lock that kind of slides like the little like slide lock. Mm -hmm. So she took her foot and kicked it as hard as she could. Her shoe fell off Mm -hmm. and the actual door frame ended up jamming into itself. So the door was locked. Like there's no way he could have got in the door. Yes. Um, so let's see, where am I? Um, so she kind of regrouped. She had a couple seconds to regroup when she was in the bathroom stall. And she was like, okay, now I just got to get out of here. Like I've distanced myself from him. Hopefully someone will hear me. Like I just got to get out of the situation. Well, he didn't stop. No. He ended up slithering his nasty body under the tiny stall door while she was in there and meeting her face to face. So he made his way under the door, started attacking her again. And during this time she continued to fight Um, but he got on top of her and he was like bashing her face in and was really like hurting her big Mm -hmm, time here. mm -hmm. And, um, she said that during that time she started to lose faith and she was like, okay, I'm going to die. Like this isn't going to end well. I'm either going to be, she started thinking like either I'm going to live the rest of my life as a rape victim or this guy's going to kill me. Like one of the two, there's no way out. We're in this tiny space. Like I'm not, I don't know what else to do. And, um, so she was on the ground again 
And then all of a sudden, this little voice came in her head and it said, you're not done yet. And she literally took her body. This reminds me of something Kim maybe would do. So she's underneath the stall and she like, and he's on top of her and she somehow like lifted up the stall and slid her body underneath it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't understand it. And she Mm -hmm. was like, I had superhuman strength and he was still trapped in the bathroom stall. So she managed to like slide underneath it with him on top of her. He fell backwards. He's still in the stall and she got out. Yes. And so the minute she, she stood up and she ran out of that bathroom so fast and the attacker was still trapped inside the door. Yes. So he didn't like, he never came out. Good. Um, the lady walking her dog actually was still in the area and she said that she had made a comment to the lady like, didn't you hear me fucking screaming in there? Like yeah. she was so angry. Like, and there were like two other high school girls around and she's like, nobody did anything. Um, and then later on she said when she saw herself in like a mirror, she looked terrifying and they were probably just like in shock and didn't know what to do. But anyway, so she gets out, a passerby, um, helped her out and called 911 and he literally hid in the bathroom until the police, he would, did not come out of the bathroom or try to go after them or anything. He stayed in the bathroom stall until the police arrived. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So, um, so police arrived, they arrested him. They got him out of the bathroom. He was a 40 year old homeless man with lots of priors. And, um, he was also a registered sex offender. Mm. And she said that he, she kind of found, felt a sense of pride because he almost looked beat up. Like she kind of beat the shit out of him. Good. And she said when he approached her in the bathroom, he looked so big, but as the police were carrying him away, he seemed so like, he wasn't like super tall or anything. And she was just like, he looked like so much more intimidating than he actually was. Yeah. Um, so medics arrived and wanted to take her immediately to the hospital because she had um, lacerations all over her face and blood everywhere. And she actually said to the paramedics, she was like, I only have six more miles left in my run. And the <laughs> hospital is about six miles. Can I just run there and finish my run? And they were like, no, ma'am, you can't. You have to go. <laughs> And she said, looking back, clearly she was in shock and they were not going to let her do this. They took her to the hospital and um, her injuries included a a spinal lumbar fracture, serious lacerations with lots of stitches and just deep bruising and stuff like that. Uh Um, He pleaded guilty in court. He admitted to what he did. Good. She got to read her uh, victim impact statement and he only received three years in jail. No. Not enough time. But good news for Kelly is he died while he was in jail. Oh, sorry. So she ha- never has to face him again and oh, he's off the God. streets. Oh, but three God. years, come on. Three years is dumb. And I believe this is like 2015. So it's not like this is like 1960s. I don't get it. Um, so it has taken Kelly nearly five months after the fact of physical therapy, you know, mental therapy, um, to get back to feeling like herself, but she says that she will never feel safe again in that sense where she's always on alert. She's more aware of her surroundings Mm -hmm. and, um, she's had a lot of post-traumatic stress, but she's dealing with it. And she said it takes a lot of work and she's not afraid to ask for help and she's working through it and she's not a victim. And, um, she, it has empowered her to encourage other women to fight back. And she's actually started a brand called NTMF. And it stands for Not Today, Motherfucker. Yes, it does. And it's on t-shirts. And all the sales, or most of the sales, benefit Face Forward LA, which is an organization that provides surgical care for assault survivors. Mm-hmm. And the shirt design, which we'll post, I have an image I'm going to send you, is, so she was wearing a GPS watch. Mm-hmm. And her GPS watch, you can see like her run up until the four-mile point, and then she went in the bathroom. 
and then the bathroom is just a bunch of red squiggly lines from her fighting him. Oh, Jesus. So you can just see, like, hundreds of squiggle lines from where she was in the bathroom, like, him, like, throwing her around and her fighting him. And that's the logo on the t-shirts. And it says, not today, motherfucker. Yes. Isn't that cool? I love that. So, um... She said, again, the shirt design is from her GPS lines, from the attack. And then on the back of the t-shirt are the four self-defense tips that she learned in class that saved her life. Trust your intuitions, number one. Respond immediately. Be loud and fight hard. And hard bones to soft spots. Hard bones to soft spots. Yep. And she did finish the marathon she was training for. Oh, good. So that's the story of uh, Kelly Heron. Oh, my God. That's not that great. I love that story. I really like how she just squiggled her little way out of that stall. I know. Here, I'll show you the, which we'll post this, but I can show you. See the little, all the squiggly oh, lines? Oh, yeah. Not but, today, motherfucker. Yeah. So, yeah. I love Ooh. that. Good story. Yeah, thanks. Whoop, whoop. Okay, Kenny. Okay, weird news of the week. A man orders a McDonald's sweet tea with extra lemon. What happens next? Oh, so many things could happen. Oh, I know. I, I had to really narrow it down. So. Okay, he orders McDonald's sweet tea with extra, extra lemon. lemon. What happens next? What happens next? I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Cause he found something slash feels something. Huh. There was a finger in it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, like Wendy's chili. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, He found something. Did he find the golden ticket to Willy Wonka? <laughs> or the Monopoly? Did he find Boardwalk? Oh, he found Boardwalk! <laughs> Did he win? Uh, so the man gets really stoned after drinking McDonald's sweet tea because oh. there is three bags of marijuana in the tea. Oh! Like dissolved That in sounds it? amazing. I don't know. I, I mean, it must have like leaked through. It must have like turned into a <laughs> marijuana tea. Here's me my marijuana tea. I mean, it sounds wonderful. Wow. Maybe. But so he thinks ordering tea with extra lemon was a code word. Mm. But he didn't pay extra for the tea. So he got like three bags, three, of, three pot? bags of pot for a dollar at McDonald's. No, stop that. And that would have to be marinating in there for a while. Yeah. So to have an effect on In all on fairness, you. <laughs> Brown, Brown, who's the guy's last name, said he'd never had marijuana. So he didn't recognize the taste. I wonder if he actually got higher, if he's just saying that. But he did find weed in his lemon. Or in yeah, because it tea. would have to like marinate for a long... I, I, I would I think. I've never had marijuana in my tea, but... Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to try it tonight. Guess what we're doing just tonight. Just kidding. Um, and you would taste it, right? God. Well, he's just it's like, it tasted a little weird. Taste. I mean, their sweet tea is very sugary and strong. So I he could see it masking. It I mean, I can't... I cannot drink the sweet tea. No, I can't either. It hurts my teeth. Now, my question is, did you guys have a place in like your hometown, like a restaurant, if you ordered something special, there's a rumor that you got weed with it? No. No, absolutely not. We had this little pizza place in Clyde oh. that closed down every year. Like a new place just came in and it was like the shittiest looking place ever behind a building. Like no one went there. It was like a front. Yeah, whatever. But people said if you ordered like the deluxe pizza, extra large with extra mushrooms and peppers, like you got weed with it. Mm. I n- don't know, but I've heard the story. Like, <laughs> I'm Mrs. Kid- Steinbauer. <laughs> I think the, there's no pizza. Scope place it out, there Mrs. Now. Steinbauer. Get on that case. I don't know. I haven't been back in that area. What is it now? Is it still a pizza shop? I have no idea. Hmm. I haven't driven past it in a long time. Uh, no, the but... only thing I know is like if you go to In and Out Burger and you ask for it, wild. 
style or something. Yeah. They'll put like coleslaw on it. That's all Ooh, I know. That sounds good. Oh, I've heard of that. I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> wild style. Coleslaw. Is it wild? Uh, cannibal? No. Mm. Oh. Animal style? Animal. 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 I've never been to In-N-Out Burger, so. I haven't either, but I've heard of that. Yes. Mm. There's like a secret menu. But I bet in Minerva there is a restaurant that somehow. Yeah, I bet the high school kids know about it. Because I heard about it in high school and then, I mean, it could be a new place yeah. to find. Like the Chinese restaurant or something. <laughs> yeah. There's a new smoothie restaurant in Minerva that I can see them maybe. If it looks real oh. sketchy and it somehow does. stays in business, probably. Might I don't know. My mom goes there quite often. A marijuana front. A marijuana front. <laughs> that was a good one. So not a finger. Not good a news. Yeah. And not a golden ticket from Willy Wonka. <laughs> Or a boardwalk piece. <laughs> he won! I don't think they do that anymore because there was like a big scandal. Yeah, wasn't oh, it was someone a crazy like crazy story? Wasn't yeah. someone like reduplicating or it somehow? It was the guy who was in charge of putting the stickers. Like he goes to the factory and puts the stickers on like the French fry boxes mm-hmm. or whatever. He took the stickers and sold them to like close friends. So like I would, if I was that guy, I would sell it to your brother-in-law or something and mm-hmm. he would give me half the winnings and he would get the other half and he did well this played, for years but you got caught that's that's how you got to win monopoly that's how you get greedy and you get caught <laughs> i did win 50 dollars though during oh. monopoly once i mean i won fry i liked that game i'd win fries you'd win like also no, i really want a 50 dollar check that's... i want a five zero check yeah i never won money i won yeah food. and no one sold it to me and i didn't have to split the winnings with anyone <laughs> Great news. Great news. Jenny it was on the dollars, and, and it was all hers. It was on the up she and up. She had to split it with anybody. <laughs> Thank God. All right. Well, this has been Sip, Survive, Repeat. Uh, we hope you guys will tune in next week when we talk about more survival. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.